0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstein, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Offset, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers, here to talk Seahawks football, and uh, we're going to get started in a long series of shows as we look at each position group on the team. Now that we've got the full 90-man roster, uh, rosters seem to be almost set at this point. There'll be uh, some additions, subtractions before training camp, but for the most part, I think this is the team that we're going into uh, training camp with overall today we're going to start with the quarterback group we've got three guys to look at starting with gino at the top uh welcome in
1: yeah um three guys and three interesting guys like norm typically you have one quarterback that you're is like you know your starter and whatever and then after that it's like i guess we'll talk about these people um but with the seahawks like you've this year you've got three guys that are uniquely interesting for a show like this um. Yeah, Geno Smith's the starter, and that's not going to be a, an issue. And like, no one's suggesting he's going to lose that job because that's crazy. But that doesn't mean the other two aren't interesting. Yeah. You
0: know, and I thought as we're having a conversation about Geno, we can have a conversation also about the position groups on the team that are kind of impacting him offensive line, uh, the running back room, uh, wide receivers. He's got all the weapons this year um, for sure, you know, mm-hmm. and, and last year, Keith, uh, you know, I kind of wanted to go back, look back a little bit and um, how we approached last year with him. Uh, Gino won that competition out of training camp. Drew Locke had uh, COVID right at the end there that impacted his opportunity. Um, team felt confident. Pete Carroll was always confident in Gino Smith. I, I don't know that we gave that enough credit early on as to just how much that heat was really in Gino's corner. And Gino came out swinging, and he played extremely well in the first half of the season, tailed off a little bit at the end. But, you know, in in retrospect, not a lot of that was his fault directly. A lot of that was attributed to some of the defenses we were playing. Also, the offensive line uh, wore down a little bit uh, towards the end. Um, I thought that, you know, they didn't commit to the run as, as much as, as, uh, they had earlier, there was a few different contributing factors, but overall he had the best percentage completion percentage in the NFL last year, fourth, most touchdowns, eighth, most, most passing yards, 4,200 set a franchise record, uh, for us, uh, there. completions, three, 399 completions tied for six in the NFL, uh, attempts 572, which is a franchise record. Um, you know,
1: which is interesting given that, uh, this was still a running team and,
0: and we just came out of the Russell Wilson era.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and, you know, Russ was, was great when when he was here. And so the idea that that was, those are records and you're like, well, why, why, why were those records if you had come out of the Russell Wilson era? And then before that, I mean, really, if you think about it, the Matt Hasselbeck era, um, under Holmgren, they were throwing the ball all over the place. So why was this year uh this last year the record year um because it didn't feel like Gino was throwing the ball on every down right so true, but I mean he
0: had a high completion percentage so he was a very efficient the offense was very efficient
1: yeah and th- that's what I'm saying it's like you, you, you it didn't feel like it was a record year because usually you think of a record year you've got one of those teams that are that they don't have a running game so they're throwing it on every down and they're throwing for like 400 yards a game and and everything um and instead Gina was just very efficient all year um high comp um, high percentage but the other thing is they were able to string together drives the one of the problems whether you want to say it's the russell wilson era or the brian Schottenheimer era um the one of the problems that they had was a lot of three and outs and then they would you know three and out three and out three and out and then a long drive for a touchdown and they would do that enough that they would they would score a bunch of points but there were a lot of three and outs between the points and last year they just didn't have many of those at all they were able to uh put together yards even in their their non-scoring drives they were able to move the football a little bit and we just a lot fewer three and outs last year
0: correct me if i'm wrong but uh the last year that russell wilson played and some of that was impacted on injury but they had close to a 40 percent uh, third down efficiency rating. Yeah. Uh, and in Gino's year last year, it was closer to 48. Yeah. Just to put that in perspective.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's, and it's not just third down. Like third down is obviously the big, um, thing, but it part of it comes down to what do you do on first and second down? Because if you're third and 10, third and eight, um, on, on all your third downs, you're going to have a lower percentage. Um, but, because of Gino's uh, completion percentage and his ability to be efficient, they were in a lot more third and twos. And that's part of the reason why they were, their their numbers were higher. Um, Because he wasn't, it wasn't just, uh, you know, sandbox, go for the big play. Like there was an efficiency to his game that we kind of weren't used to um, during the Russell Wilson era.
0: Well, let me ask you this. How much do you attribute that to Shane Waldron? And being uh, in this offense now for this his second season, second full season, as well as Gene, Gino uh, coming into that season, entering his third year with the team and just being
1: comfortable. I think that it had more to do with Gino than Shane Waldron. Uh, and what I mean by that is that the struggles before had more to do with Wilson than it had to do with uh, Shane Waldron the year before. Um, and because wilson wasn't content to take the four yard completion or five yard you know what i mean he wanted things downfield and he would extend plays often well beyond when he should uh trying to to generate that big play now when it worked it was awesome and that's why the team scored a lot of points and why that why the team was um you know one of the better offenses in and the nfl you know during the wilson tenure but it wasn't efficient um Gina was much better at taking what the defense gave him getting that you know five yard completion following it up with a four yard completion which you can see the third and one and they can run it up the middle for the first down and move on um wilson just wasn't content to do those things and so i don't know if I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to contribute this to Waldron because I think Waldron did set Wilson up to do those things. Wilson just chose not to.
0: When it comes to some of the things that we wanted to see out of Geno Smith last year, um, you know, and we went into the year, Keith, and I don't know if we need to remind everyone, but you know, we (laughs) thought this was going to be a five win team and. And some of that was just historic Geno Smith. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even if he played to an historic average of of what he was prior to 2022, we thought we were going to have just a middling offense and uh, possibly be in a position to draft top five, certainly top ten. Sports Social Podcast Network.